You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel, I am your humble host, once conducted and now completely dead, Devin Punches Hype Train, Ron Comaficionado, said Christian McCaffrey was going thousands and thousands before it was cool, worship Reverend Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris, truth of the married one, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by only one of the guys, yet again, it is not Clark Burns, it is not Jordan Smith, it is the biggest 49ers fan you know, Arya Stark is a spirit animal, don't take him to Vegas, the only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald and a fan of what scientists love call, quote, facts. Ginger normal man, Nick Bodiford. Nicholas, how you doing? I don't know how you do that, man. You fly <laughs> through that. But I'm very good. Pete, it's my birthday today. Oh, shit. 30 fucking years old. Wow. You are A old. B, happy birthday. Thank you. You know who else's birthday it is? We should have had him on. Danny Kelly. What the fuck? You guys had the same birthday? Yeah. He tweeted this like years ago how and oh well now it's creepy that you bring it up because if he tweeted no, that's, ago, this is the thing. you've just been holding he, on to this information you know danny no, listens he, to the podcast he tweeted, no he, yeah no he, yeah, he's a friend of the podcast no he, he tweeted this years ago and i was like hey me too i love your stuff and so every year i've been like hey man i'm that guy who always like happy birthday to us and he's like yeah dude did not have the courage to bring that up when we had him on the show oh nicholas 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 you're such a timid little boy but Happy birthday, nonetheless. I thought we were the same age. How are how are you older than me? You're so old. And maybe it's Jordan <laughs> I. Maybe it's Jordan I who are the same age, and we're the youngins on this podcast. Yeah, Jordan surprised me. I think he, he's well. Yeah, we won't we won't reveal much about everyone's age, but yeah, I thought <laughs> I think I except thought, for I the think... fact that we've fifty percent of this podcast we've already spoken of their age in depth, mainly just Clark. <laughs> I th- yeah no that's true we've identified like yeah we, we all know how old Clark is that he was born at yeah um no I thought I so I, I thought you and Clark were older than me and that Jordan and I were the same age and it turns out that I'm I'm number two in the the age pecking in the order, pecking order but... yeah I'm a mere a mere twenty eight a young blood I know crazy I, I it's confusing when I have this glorious mustache. It really, it really throws you for a loop. You're not quite sure how old I am. Did you grow that ironically? Shut the fuck up, Nick. <laughs> no, I mean initially, like initially, because like no, so honestly, it's the it's the only thing that I can grow. Like my beard is patchy, and it's not even okay. really complete. It doesn't connect anywhere, and okay. and so I was like, well, when I grow my facial hair, I was just like, well, this is the only thing I can grow. So I'm just going to let this rage and be its beautiful self. Uh, and so I've done that for a couple of years now. And, and during the, it's the autumn, it's the fall into winter season is the time that Becca lets me wear it because it's the end of wedding season. So I, then I'm not wearing a mustache to any weddings and it's the start of the winter so that we don't see as many people. So basically it's, it's when, when I am in quarantine, Becca allows, allows me to grow a mustache. This is like uh, Joe Dirt. 
or he, I don't know if you saw that terrible David Spade movie in like 1998, but he naturally only grew in like a mustache, a goatee, and then sideburns that neatly ran like a straight line down his cheek. But um, Nick, I was uh, yeah. seven when that movie came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love that love when people do that now um but yeah anyway no i mean i i've had a mustache from time to time uh, once it was ironic once it was just because i was an idiot and you know then i had the beard but i could not handle the beard this summer. anyway we should get to the show what are we doing oh nicholas even on his birthday he's a man who's constantly working he can't quit can't stop won't stop never intend to uh OCD week five thing yeah, week five starts and sits, baby. You know it, you love it. You come to us because we have that winning formula to get you the wins that you need in your fantasy league. Uh, since it's just the two of us, what, we got like five games each that we're going to rattle through, talk some starts and sits. Nick, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure, man. Um, all right, so kicking things off with the game uh, that, will be listen- uh, that will be today when everybody listens to this. Um, Thursday night, Rams at Seahawks. So something that we like to target are teams coming off long games. Typically that means uh, overtime. But in this case, we are talking about the uh, the Rams and Bucks matchup that had a combined 172 snaps. Um, that means the Rams defense is going to be mighty tired. So they, they played a much longer game than they're, no- than they're normally used to, and they're playing on a short week. So what do we want? We want speed going into Thursday night. For me, that's DK Metcalf. His his targets have somewhat dipped with uh, the explosion of Will Disley, but he he's not going to need very many against an already gassed Rams secondary. So I'm firing up DK Metcalf as a, a flex option that can comfortably finish as a wide receiver too. He's my start, and um, just because I prefer to always go with starts rather than sits. You. My second start comes compliments of uh, of Adam Levitan have established the run on their their NFC team notes podcast. He, he uh, apparently late to the party as I am. Um, Will Disley and Russell Wilson apparently go to Bible church together. Together, yeah, yeah. yeah. And breaking news: you know who broke that news to me? Fucking Jordan no. Smith. Jordan has been low key on the Will Disley train to a point where I feel like they know each other like this is one of my bigger misses man jordan has been on the disley train from the get-go and he just sent he's texted this to the group like earlier this week which is basically like highlighting a quote of wilson saying we go to bible study together we talk we're connected pretty good i just really admire him and he's just and jordan is all like yeah baby somehow jordan just knew this shit was going to happen and has been has been reaping the benefits so far it's there are remarkably uh, eerily similar things going on with Will Disley and Jimmy Graham, right? So mm, Jimmy Graham, he, interesting. He was a, yeah, he was a slow start, but once they figured out their red zone chemistry, he you know he had ten touchdowns. Yeah. I think was it twenty sixteen or no 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 twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen um, when we when the Seahawks only had uh, one rushing touchdown or whatever, and three from Russell Wilson, but one from from J D McKissick. But anyway. They figured out, Russell Wilson figured out that he likes tight ends in the red zone. However, Jimmy Graham tore his patellar tendon last year. Will Disley tore his patellar tendon. Somehow has managed a, a recovery, and, and that's awesome. But this whole patellar tendon torn tight end who's balling out in the red zone thing, uh, 
is interesting. You've heard this so, story before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. But anyway, fire up Will Disley. Uh, he's, you know, it, it it's dangerous because you're chasing touchdowns, which you always want to chase yardage, not touchdowns, but in the barren wasteland that is tight ends. If you see some sort of connection, go after it. So if you're lucky enough to get him, start, uh, start Disley as a tight end one. And, uh, you know, especially over guys that you might've been high on like OJ Howard. Yeah. And I like the DK Metcalf call because we've spent a lot of time or myself, especially since I seem to be picking the Rams, I've picked the Rams a lot leading up to, uh, this week. Uh, their defense is good. Their secondary is solid. Like they've, I mean, you can't really tell from coming off of week three where they gave up a shit ton of points. But uh, up until that point, they were one of the top secondaries in the league. They'd only, I don't think they'd given up a touchdown yet. And that's why last week I was like, ah, you should sit Mike Evans. And then, well, he didn't do as much as, uh, as uh, the Godwin, Chris Godwin. So 50% correct there. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, but you could, you could think of a point where it's like, okay, well maybe that was just a fluke game. This defense gets right back on track, but I like the, I like the tired, exhausted you played. I mean, they played like 70 snaps, which is asinine. They played 74. That's insane. That is an absurd amount because a a normal game is like 50 some odd, right? Not a normal game is in the sixties, but, but the fact that they, I mean, like the game ended up going for like four and a half hours. So it's, it's not one, it's the snaps is important, but two, just like the duration of being out there is exhausting. And then the fact that they have to turn around and play on Thursday night compounds it. Yeah. And in Seattle, which is a tough place to play. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. And it's funny that you bring up, you start with, I mean, it makes sense because Thursday football is the first one, but you start with Ramsey Hawks. I'm going to talk about the other team that played in that grueling bowl, Tampa Bay versus new Orleans. I know everyone got super excited and rightfully so you went and added him off the waiver wire and you were right to do so, but this is not the week to start Ronald Jones. We saw him finally get a star role in that backfield. Finally get the touches that a starting running back should get, but the saints haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher since last year. Like, I think it goes back like 16 some odd games that they haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher. They're giving up the fourth fewest points to running backs. If you have them, that's awesome. Like you did the right thing by getting him off waivers. I do think that this is officially his backfield, uh, but this is not the week to, you, you don't get him and throw him in your starting lineup this week, sit a week. This defense is really good. Uh, and, but you'll still have him and play him later in the season. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good call, man. I, I added Jones in one or two leagues and have been wondering what the heck to do with him. Um, Sheldon Rankins, uh, defensive lineman of the saints. I think he was injured to open the year but he's back and I, I can't recall who they played oh yeah Dallas he oh was they shut is he, Dallas he just, oh field. yeah Ezekiel Elliott had yeah. like 1.2 yards per carry on yeah. Sunday night or Monday night whenever they played Sunday night yeah so I yeah. unfortunately I like the call yeah but and, it, and it'll be interesting to see too because this is a game this is like that next test for Ronald Jones and, and Bruce Arians commitment to him because it could be something where after seeing whatever 19 or so touches they suddenly are like Peyton Barber is our guy. And you're like, Oh God damn it. Bruce Arians. Or you see Ronald Jones still get that starting workload. Maybe it's not as productive, but you're like, Hey, I'm taking away from this. He is locked in for 15 plus carries a game. And we know that he can produce if he's got a good matchup. So don't start him this week, but don't panic. If you went and got him off waivers, he's a great guy to have on, on your team. Uh, another game you're talking, you're looking at Nicholas. 
Okay, going right into it. Um, let's see here. The second one on my list is uh, New England at Washington. Uh, so this one, I, I'm glad I, you talked about I, this because I I debated a long time about whether or not I wanted to pick someone to talk about in this game, but I'm glad cool. that you are so that I can I can give my two cents without you know. So so my start for this one, and this is I I, I oftentimes try to find uh, some matchup where someone has a, a headache, and that's with Sony Michelle. I, I am still starting him. Um, and I, I don't know that, that we'll have very many more opportunities to start him. But, um, you know, this, I, yeah, I can see your face. I just had to adjust the screen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, look, the, 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 his touch counts, um, he's only been in single digits once in the last three games for his, for his carry counts. And of all teams, the Washington football team is one that, that can absolutely be run on. And you drafted him most likely as your running back too. You might be starting him as your flex, but I, I think that he's got a, a fairly good shot at uh, at scoring this week. So I'm still rolling with him, and then I'm trying to sell high. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't hate that narrative. I just I have not seen anything that I like from him this year. Nothing, and I've seen nothing. And it's not just him; it's also this run defense. I uh, run offense. Excuse me. When they run power, they've just had no success this year. And Sony Michelle yeah, has I, yet to break a tackle, which is blows my mind. It's unfathomable that he is a starting running back in this league and has yet to break a tackle. We're five weeks into the NFL season. I also think given how just absolutely trash uh, Washington secondary is that we, this is a, this is a Julian Edelman game that this is Julian Edelman's going to get 15 targets for 12 receptions and 150 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I think that they will. I don't think the Patriots will have any issue moving the ball down the field. I'm just thinking when they get in, they'll they'll spread out yeah. wide and just have and, him and just have him hammer it home. In. So you're betting you're if, betting you're betting on that touchdown production. Yeah, and if Rex Burkhead wasn't battling like multiple injuries, I might be thinking about this a little bit differently. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, obviously I love Rex Burkhead, but I don't think that they're gonna uh, spell Sony Michelle with James White. So. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of my my thought process there. Um, and for a sit, sit Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Um, this defense is insane. Uh, on the the Dantasy Football podcast, the Ringers podcast, uh, Danny Heifetz was talking about how they have. I think it's like the best start, best fantasy football defense start since the nineteen ninety six Packers or something through the first four weeks. So. I we I love Terry McLaurin, but he, like he I've got him in my notes as he's a PPR flex, which is not that's not odd. That's not a lot of ceiling there. Yeah, and the Patriots defense has been their start has just been out of this world. So uh, on fake teams, Patty Cooper, who writes for us, he does he has his whole ranking system of how he ranks teams, offenses, defense, whatnot. And at the quarter year, a quarter of the year, he gave out his quarter power rankings and he broke down all the different aspects of the game and, and each team. And unsurprisingly, the Patriots are the best team in the league, according to his numbers, but the Patriots defense is playing at a current rating for him. So he does his whole calculations his, the current rating. He's calculated them at is plus 1.9%, which is that number makes sense as crazy high or, or just amazingly impressive when you compare it to first, the average defensive ranking of the other 31 teams is minus 41.7%. And the best defense he's ever recorded is the 2010 Steelers, which is minus 16.1%. So the oh. Patriots, the Patriots are 
in the positives when even the best team he's ever recorded wow. was still like 10, you know, 10 digits in the negative. So like he, so this, this defense is just out of playing out of its mind and you should not, it is not a smart decision to bet on this being the week that they flop like flounder, which eventually will happen. Some team will probably put up numbers against them. Like that's just an inevitability, but you don't want to risk a starting spot being like, this is the week that Terry McLaurin goes for, you know, seven catches and a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Like that's not going to Dwayne Haskins is going to complete like nine passes. (laughs) Dwayne Dwayne Haskins is going to throw more picks than he throws completions. Yeah, no, if you, if there's a, uh, if Vegas is allowing someone to bet on pick sixes, like do it. Oh, the, the (laughs) over under the, the the Patriots are favored last time I checked by 15.5 points, bet the over. Like they, they will score more than that. The, Jay Gruden doesn't know who the fuck is his quarterback this week. Like, no, this is going to be a garbage game. So don't, yeah, bet, always go for the over. So second game I'm going to be talking about, uh, Bills coming to Tennessee to take on the Titans. And after what we saw against the Falcons, I was all ready to see Mariota and the Titans offense be like, oh, look, we got our shit together. We're suddenly good. You can trust me. I'm Marcus Mariota that everyone thought I was going to be, you know, like this is it. Corey Davis, AJ Brown, they're all starts. You're good to go. Uh, Then I saw that they were playing the Bills and I was like, well, maybe I'll check back in week six because we all know just how we spent the last segment talking about how the Patriots defense is for real. This Bills secondary is also for real. They've only allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver through the first four weeks, which is second behind the Pats. So despite the fact that we saw an emergence from Corey Davis and everyone rushed to the waiver wire to get AJ Brown. I'm really just shitting on all those waiver wire ads that you just got all these new toys that you want to play with. Don't play with them. You can't start them and you can't get tricky and start Mariota thinking that, Ooh, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. He has the highest completion percentage or whatever it is. No, like that's, that's all going to change against this bill. Secondary is going to shut them down. The only place that you're going to find this passing game is on a milk carton because it's going to go missing and everyone's going to be scrambling to find it. So don't start anyone in the Tennessee's passing attack, but, and Nick, you'll appreciate this because it's our boy. Do start Derrick Henry because the Bills are bottom 12 in points to opposing backs. And so if Mariota can't throw the ball anywhere. They're just going to give Henry like 500 touches. And guess what? He's going to at least get you a <laughs> touchdown. Dude, he has been, I, I am uh, blowing my bet with Clark out of the water that I would start him <laughs> in eight games or more. Um, yeah, he he's been so friggin' awesome, man. Like he he even in standard scoring, uh, has not gone under ten and a half points in a in a week. It they just are loading up his his workload uh, as as much as he can handle. And yeah, I it, this is going to be interesting. I I do have in my notes that I think this is the the week that Mariota finally turns the ball over. Which like, dude, good for you because he's I I don't know, man. He's a guy who I watched like the entirety entirety of their game. I think it was in week three, and he he looked like he he's he is so inaccurate. He is yeah. so inaccurate, but he's not throwing any picks anyway. Yeah, he'll probably throw some this week. Uh, I like the I like the Henry call. Yeah, so there you go. There's your Titans. Here's your Titan spiel. Uh, next, another game you're talking, you're looking at, and you got starts and sits for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, number three on the list is Ravens at Steelers. So, man, I've really kind of gone back and forth on this one, but I think for start, 
Uh, we're going to go with Marquise Brown. He has not done what everyone would have hoped he would have done over the last, I think I can't recall two or three weeks. Roughly. Um, he's still getting a ton of looks through the passing game. He is their number one option with Mark Andrews slightly. So, I mean, doesn't really matter. Mark Andrews just plays 50% of the snaps, whether he's healthy or not. So that doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, the, the Pittsburgh secondary has just been a sieve to opposing wide receivers start Marquise Brown. I think he's going to score this week. I thought he was going to score last week. And I'm, I, this is one of those games where I'm like, I think he's got a 40 yard touchdown in him kind of without question. So yeah, absolutely fire him up Um, for a second start. Deontay Johnson. Yes. The dude has taken over as the number one in Pittsburgh, much to my dismay and, and Clark's delight. Um, two weeks ago, he caught three of six balls for 52 yards and a score. Last week, he caught six of six balls for 77 yards and a score. Until we see that change, uh, roll with the guy. He is a flex with wide receiver two upside. And um, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster's not doing anything. And this, this matchup is, is only imposing on paper. The Baltimore defense is not what they uh, are expected to be. And that's, you know, for, for a litany of reasons, injury and, and you know, it didn't replace the pass rush and all that. But anyway, receivers can absolutely succeed against this defense. And I like Deontay Johnson. So he yeah. needs to be owned in all leagues. I see him owned in a lot of leagues. He needs to be owned everywhere. Yeah. I, both, both receivers are, are definitely starts because for the Steelers, the Steelers defense has just been hemorrhaging points to wide receivers. And I fully like Marquise Brown, not only for him to do well, but also I just think that this is going to be a Lamar Jackson bounce back game and like a a Ravens offense bounce back game. John Harbaugh is going to go deep into what he's got to pull out a game plan that's going to, there's probably going to be a fair amount of trickery in it. I feel like, but they are going to want to win this game because they can't go down to the, to the Steelers. And on the flip side, we've seen the blueprint of how to beat this Ravens defense. It's basically just like Earl Thomas is playing very aggressive. And so as long as you have something to mildly distract him, he's going to miss, or their whole secondary is going to miss people streaking deep. I mean, that's how, um, how uh, 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 Miko Hartman got deep in for the Chiefs. It's also how yeah. uh, um, who they had a bomb too, where against the Browns to was it to Ricky Seals Jones or it was to someone? It was to one of their wide receivers where Odell had a, just a simple curl and Earl crashed down on it and left left the seam wide open. Um, and I forget who who is thrown to, but so y- you see this happening, and I think that you're going to have something similar where they're going to game plan Juju to draw the whole defense's attention, and then just whoop toss it over the top to uh, Deontay Johnson. Moving on, if you are starting those guys, you got to sit someone, and I have a wide receiver. I've just been on a roll of sits, man. Uh, wide receiver that you should be sitting. It pains me to say this after he conducted an interview Wednesday wearing a fake mustache to honor everyone's favorite jorts wearing mustache toting uh, quarterback. But Jacksonville versus Carolina, DJ Chark, just I don't know if I like this matchup enough to, to play him. And we've already alluded to multiple wide receivers who we do like their matchups. The Panthers have been damn good this year uh, against opposing wide receivers. They're the fourth best pass defense per DVOA, and they're allowing only 156 passing yards per game, which is lowest in the league. I I just think I love Gardner Minshew. I love everything that he stands for. The fact that he went into Denver and evaded like 13 billion sacks to throw the game-winning touchdown is beautiful and music to my ears. 
he's eventually going to come down at least to hover above the earth's surface. Uh, and this Panthers defense is for real and they are in Carolina. I just think that the secondary is going to clamp down and I don't think DJ Chark is going to get the numbers that we are used to, that we've been seeing from him so far and with other better options out there. I'm just saying be wary of him. So yeah, I, I'm going to have DJ Chark as a like a fringe wide receiver two slash three. Um, Dante, Dante Jackson, the number two corner is out, but they still have James Bradbury, who is a very, very good lockdown corner. And he's going to kind of be giving him hell all day. Um, in a standard scoring format, I, I might be all right with him because he can get like some chunk plays, but um, it's, this will be his hardest game that he's had so far. And so, yeah, I, I if you've got another option, go for it. Be- yeah. Bench him. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, uh, that's, that is the play. Uh, before we go any further into more week five starts and sits, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back with more Week 5 starts and sets. Nicolas! Give us another game that you're watching and some more stats and sits. So we've got uh, Broncos at Chargers, and we now have the terrifying conundrum of uh, Melvin Gordon returning to the Chargers backfield. And the answer to this conundrum is to just start both him and Austin Eckler because the Denver Broncos run defense has been appalling. They have been getting blasted by opposing backfields. (laughs) It's been trash. um, Yeah, it's been bad and so um and Bradley Chubb he he he's out for the year he just tore his ACL that's not going to help things like they, they already were getting hammered that's not going to make them any better um I have been wrong about I mean I've been as wrong as I haven't been rushing running backs into games when they've been sitting out uh whether it's training camp or during the regular season is a dangerous prospect I think at least this week that backfield is still a 50-50 split between Eckler and Melvin Gordon. And I think well, you're just you're remain. just you're just at risk for soft tissue damage. There you go. <laughs> um, you're, you, you took the words right out of my mouth from a thousand times ago. But uh, you are at an elevated risk for soft tissue injury. Um, but yeah, no, I think that Austin Eckler's <laughs> feet's oh, falling apart. His oh, God forehead was on the desk. So beautiful. Um, it's true, but uh, <laughs> but no, I think I, I think that <laughs> my whole point is around. just to throw you so you don't even know where you were in your, in your discussion about yeah, you, this game. Yeah, you thrown me off. <laughs> Start Austin Eckler as a running back two and Melvin Gordon high end flex because they're going to be getting uh, split workload and. Um, and I think that Eckler is going to remain much more 
part of this offense than he has in the past when he was still like flexible last yeah. year. Yeah, and we talked about this. If you listen to Tuesday's podcast, Jordan and I talked about him, and Eckler was one of my guys who I think that you should go out and buy low in your fantasy leagues because of exactly this, that people are going to freak out because after he's had a fantasy MVP season, he's on my fantasy team. I have, I have witnessed the greatness of Austin Eckler in fantasy, and it is crushing that Melvin Gordon is coming back into this backfield. But the two things you can take away from it is one, we saw, we know exactly at its worst, right? At its absolute worst, we know exactly what, that these two players can both have fantasy relevance. Eckler was an RB 27. I think he last year playing well behind Melvin Gordon. And I just don't think, I don't think that they're going to be like, okay, well, Melvin Gordon, you're back. You're going to get 20 carries and Austin Eckler, you're going to get five. Like, that's just not how it's going to be. I think Austin Eckler is going to get, I think it's going to be a pretty split backfield, but I think even that split backfield is going to favor Eckler because he has been the best running back in the league to start this season. And so they would be stupid to not, you know, fixate, have him be a focal point of the offense. So if there is someone in your league who is panicking about Austin Eckler and they're like, oh no, this guy's falling, buy him out from under them real cheap because he's still going to have plenty of fantasy relevance moving forward. So, so something, something that's also noteworthy, um, Dontrell Enman is out indefinitely. This is per Roto World's injury page on the Chargers. Dontrell Enman is out indefinitely. Virgil Green is out, uh, out for four weeks. Mike Williams is day-to-day with a back injury, which has been problematic for him before. Travis yeah, Benjamin is day-to-day with a hip injury. Hunter Henry is out indefinitely still. Their left tackle is out indefinitely. Russell Okung. Um, the offense is banged the hell up. They're like – even if they want to make Melvin Gordon the bell cow, they're going to have to involve right. uh, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson's got a calf injury. Yeah. Uh, no. So they, they, anyway, they're, they're all getting work. Yeah. At what point? At what point do the Chargers look at their training staff and you're just like, you guys suck at your job, and we need to Dude, get yeah. a whole new crew in here because it is every single year that half the team falls apart it within like the first two weeks the first two weeks of the season all of us on the Chargers have lost like half their players every year so I mean their their thing is they're like the final team to not have an analytics department and I wonder if that is emblematic of their embrace of science generally like if if, if they're just like now nah, we we have we've got our old school training staff and we don't believe in science it's no, leeches exactly. get the job done. Leeches <laughs> suck the bad blood out. What do you mean you need to have surgeries and science? They're knocking on somebody's pecs going, what do you mean soft tissue? <laughs> as hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> These muscles are fucking hard. What do you mean soft tissue? That's not a real thing. Shut up. Anyway, Chargers, yeah. you're the worst team that you've ever created. <laughs> We should at some point do a full ranking of Nick's least favorite teams in the NFL. Cause I feel like there are maybe three teams that you actually like in the league <laughs> and yeah, everyone I mean, else you, you have like despise. There's no in between for you. It's either you're like, Oh yeah, no, it's a well-run organization. Yeah, no, and I appreciate fair. what they do or they should burn in hell. And everyone on that team is garbage. I think, well, I think like the middle tier is just, they're like maddening teams, like the chargers, <laughs> They are such an awesome team, and they're they're the people who steer that ship are fucking morons. And so, like, that's, that's different than a team like the Chiefs, where like, honestly, fuck you guys for all yeah. the domestic violence people that you employ. I don't like screw you. I don't like that team. Amen. That's different than the Chargers. So I'm like, God, you could be so good. They they no. for the last four years have had the best roster 
in the NFL from a pure talent standpoint. Dude, it, yeah, it is friggin' loaded. And it's amazing that they have not done anything. Uh, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to next game talk about Minnesota Vikings taking on the New York Giants. And guys, we've all been waiting for it. This is the week where you can start the Vikings passing attack. Start Adam Thielen and maybe, just maybe, but probably not, given the fact that he didn't report to the team on Wednesday, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> this is mildly based on stats, uh, but mostly narrative-based. The Giants are giving up the third most touchdowns, fifth most yards, fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So those are your stats. And narrative-wise, this whole week has been a the Kirk Cousins shit show with everyone bashing him, Thielen included. Everyone's just been like, Kirk, learn to throw the football. Uh, and I think that this is going to be a pass-happy game plan to please those pass catchers. It's a low-cost game, low stakes, which means Kirk Cousins is going to become Kirk God and just start throwing for 500 yards and four touchdowns because there's no pressure on his shoulders. And, man, he plays so much better when there's no pressure. And I think they're going to want to be like, okay, look, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, I know you guys are stressy, but we're going to get you involved. We're going to feed you, and everything's going to be hunky-dory, and we're going to do it against the secondary that is hot garbage, and so y'all are going to eat. So confidently start Adam Thielen. If you want to be real sexy, start Stefan Diggs, but mainly because it's not that he's going to be playing for the Vikings this weekend. It's because he's going to get traded, and he's going to somehow manage to wind up on the Patriots. Salary cap be damned, and he's going to catch five touchdowns from Brady. So, yeah, for the first time, I'll, I'll agree that, that Adam Thielen should be started. Um, something that, that Mr. Evan Silva likes to talk about uh, on that same podcast I referenced earlier, the, the team-by-team notes for the NFC this week. Um, something he's highlighted is the squeaky wheel narrative, and that is that mm. for time to time, NFL teams, if they have a player who is chirping, who they have not been giving the ball, they'll just go, all right, fuck it. First play of the game, we'll yep. get it to you. And yep. they'll just kind of like – deliver the ball to him enough that it's like this is reasonable for you to shut up now um and against the non-existent giants defense i think that that's a a good opportunity to do that um if they actually go full pass over the run then it's just going to be more through the air looks to dalvin cook (laughs) he's going to get 10 (laughs) targets which is going to make him even more valuable Um, but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, I embrace the, the Sir Adam Thielen thing. The, the Diggs thing is, is crazy. Something that a lot of folks talk about is uh, the, the, the times when he is on the practice report with an injury, he goes for like under 50 yards. Like it's without question when mm. he is questionable, he goes under it's yeah. some outrageously bad stat. We don't know what the issue is now. It, he's, he's a mysterious absence. So who, who knows? <laughs> yeah well that'd be interesting if they yeah i'm i don't know they're not the, his he's, he, he's got too much i mean he's has a cap that would be uh, a salary that'd be hard for a team to to comfortably eat and it's i think it's early in this disgruntled period for them to just be like we're gonna trade we're gonna trade you after signing you to a big time contract but i i it's in the future um but to your point about a team you know when a player speaks out or, or they want to highlight him Devonte Adams didn't speak out, but you saw Rogers was like going into you know the game against uh, the Eagles. He was like, "We're going to get Devonte Adams the ball," and then through the first quarter, Devonte Adams had 120 yards on like 300 targets. So I think that you're going to see similar things for Adam Thielen, where the first quarter Adam Thielen's going to get like 10 targets for eight catches and 60 yards. Yeah, the the Adams example is is apropos. 
Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, is this your last game? Last game that you're going to be looking at, talking about, or do you got two more? I can't remember if I no, started with this. Me. This is your last one. Go. Yeah. So uh, Browns at 49ers. Uh, for those of you who are panicking about your wide receiver one, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, never fear. Go Panic no more. This is, yeah, this is going to be a big week for him. So both Jason Verrett, who is a like all pro talent at corner, but just can't stay healthy. He is uh, week-to-week with a foot injury. Akella Witherspoon is week-to-week with an ankle injury. And Richard Sherman, his kryptonite his whole career has been speedy receivers uh, off the line. That's And Pete Carroll talks – I don't know why. He, he, Pete Carroll's big on just telling people what he's going to do. Um, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, the way that you beat a big, strong receiver that's going to press you is with a small one. And like, it's <laughs> But don't you dare do that to me because I got Richard Sherman here and he can beat that. Dude, it is so weird. But anyway, yeah, so Sherman, when he was young, had still – I mean, he was obviously an all-pro corner, but his kryptonite was speedy receivers who could just blow past him right at the snap, and that's what Odell Beckham Jr. can do. He's not the 5'9 small receiver, but he is small. And, you know, he's like 5'10", 5'11", 190 pounds. He's he's small enough that he – yeah, he can, he can make that happen. So I expect a, a uh, monster day uh, out of him. In the and same then, way, in the I same, I don't want to interrupt you, but in the exact same anything. thing that we just talked about with Adam Thielen and Devontae Adams last week, right? The Browns' offense exploded. OBJ wasn't a part of it. They're going to be like, yeah. oh, hey, OBJ, guess what? We're going to give you 10 targets in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, and then as, a, as a, a second, like, start or sit option, I'm just going to pivot off of that and say that if you're in need of a wide receiver, you should go grab Antonio Callaway. Um, he's coming off suspension. He's very talented. He has had a litany of off-field issues, and he did show up a little out of shape to camp. Uh, That being said, like I said, he's really talented, and they need all of the good pass catchers they can get to try to negate the holes in their offensive line, just, you know, throw quick pop passes. Uh, He's very, very good, and if if he's ready to play, he can make an impact. Yeah, I just spent uh, 10 of my fab dollars on him to get him on my team, one of my leagues. Because Exactly. Um, What is your thought, because the San Francisco 49ers have been the best run defense against fantasy running backs, what's your thought on Nick Chubb? Are you worried at all? Because I am a Nick Chubb owner, and I want to ask for my fellow compadres as to whether or not we should be worried. Uh, You know... I'm not. I, I think that he he still will just stay in the RB one range. Uh, last week he put on display what it is he can do against you know what what's perceived to be a, a good defense. And I, I do think that like oh, you know the, the Niners burn Ravens. Yeah, burn <laughs> Ravens. Um, but so I'm just I'm just taking a peek. All right. So week one he had the Bucks backfield, which was still Peyton Barber. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, shit. Ronald Jones got 13 carries now. That's interesting. Yeah, I just believe in Nick Chubb. Yeah. He's phenomenal, and I think that he's going to get 20 carries. And actually, he's getting – the other thing is he's getting work through the passing game now. Which um, means that even if they I, shut him down on the ground, he'll still get targets in the air, and we'll still get you fantasy fantasy return via that. Yeah, he had four targets. So if, if they just have him uh, shoot out around the pass rush, they can still get him the ball. Perfect. All right, last team that we're going to talk about, or last game that we're going to talk about for starts and sits, uh, Chicago Bears taking on the Oakland Raiders. Uh, This is a classic speaking into existence pick because I'm starting him and I want him to do something this week. Start David Montgomery. 
Uh, the script is there for, for a good game. You have a backup quarterback, so they're going to lean on the ground game. Oakland is middle of the pack when stopping the run in London. I don't know what that has to do with it, but hey, I'm throwing it out there. They're not in America, so who knows what could happen then. He's getting a ton of work on the ground. This is hopefully the week where it all just kind of meshes and gets together and and we see a solid fantasy performance from David Montgomery. I mean, maybe it's 60 yards and a touchdown, but that's that's what I'm kind of expecting. Nothing crazy. On the flip side, don't start Josh Jacobs this week because he is not going to make it over 30 yards against this Bears defense. Um, and if you listen to Tuesday's podcast, you know that after this week, you should trade for Josh Jacobs in your league because he has a cushy-ass schedule after that and people will be freaking out because the Bears will hold them to like three fantasy points. Yeah, I'm I'm finally feeling really good about starting David Montgomery. Like, I, you know, I I obviously sung his praises throughout the the preseason. Um, this is an awesome matchup, and his snap count has just been flying up every week. So, yeah, let's do it. And also, I mean, uh, Chase Daniel. I actually think you know they're they're more. Uh, they're less likely to turn the ball over with Chase Daniel at quarterback. Oh, we talked about this on, on Tuesday's show. Chase Daniels is a better starting quarterback for the Bears than Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, I don't think start Allen Robinson with upside, confidence, but like, yeah, I. You know what? Go look at your waiver wires, everybody, because I found uh, I found Allen Robinson. No, you didn't. And Deshaun Watson in one of my leagues. Yeah, what I, I, league I stayed, are you playing so, in that Deshaun Watson is on your way? I'm in a lot of leagues. What fucking but, idiot let, cut Deshaun Watson? <laughs> he had one bad game, and he's like, Deshaun Watson's not on my team anymore. I hope that was Brady. It was probably Brady. <laughs> Suck it, Brady. <laughs> We've never met, but <laughs> stupid. Uh, it wasn't Brady. It was Brady's friend, though. He vouched for him. Stupid Brady's friend that he vouched for. It's almost worse. This is almost a worse commentary on you as a person, Brady, than if it was you who had dropped Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Vouching Brady. for a friend to come onto the league just so that they dropped Deshaun Watson is probably one of the worst things you could do as a person. And I, I'm not, I'm not uh, exaggerating. This is, you know, well, well recognized. as one of the worst things you can do as a person. No longer a friend of the podcast. No Brady. longer a friend of the podcast, Brady. <laughs> we have lost a subscriber uh it's all right it's danny kelly's birthday so we're all good there we go oh man <laughs> um you're okay. tweet at him aren't you uh what the fuck you think i'm gonna do of course i <laughs> <laughs> yeah since it is yeah, just no. nick and i since it is just nick and i yeah. this week, i reached out to the best fantasy mind that i know to get their opinion on a difficult start and sit this week what do you do about Alvin Kamara going up against a Bucks defense that's allowing the third fewest fantasy points to opposing backs? So we're going to get this person on the phone and we are going to see what their fantasy, fo- again, this is one of the best minds I know in fantasy, what their fantasy advice is uh, for this week about Alvin Kamara. Hello. Hi, Ma. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. All right. I have a question for you. Uh, do I, in fantasy football, do I start Alvin Kamara against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, or do I keep him on my bench? Tell me a little bit about him. Okay. So he is a running back for the new Orleans saints. Uh, he wears number 41, which is kind of an odd number for a running back. He's very good in the passing game and on the ground, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a very stout, uh, defensive line, which has limited running back production this year. Sounds like you want a passing game. All right. So you so you're gonna start him. You're gonna start Alvin Kamara this week. No, he's oh. well, you know, if they've got a strong they have a strong defensive line or they have a strong strong defensive line. 
Yeah, then you need somebody to run around it. Perfect. All right. So you heard it there first from the greatest fantasy mind I know. You do not start Alvin Kamara this week. Oh my God, am I on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a uh, just a, a qualifier. I know absolutely nothing about football. <laughs> Apple fell far from the tree on that one. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ma. Sure, bye. I loved that. I loved that. that uh, so we're awesome. going to see. We've, we've spoken lots on this podcast about how this, how fantasy football, honestly, when you boil it down, it's just a goddamn crapshoot. It's a guessing game. So we're going to see. Uh, we're going to start calling my mom weekly, and we're going to see how well, how accurate <laughs> she is, having no clue what she's talking about or who these players are. We're just going to see how accurate she is. So she says, don't start Alvin Kamara this week. There you go. There's, there's a sound advice from my mother. Uh, quickly, before we re- head out. Thursday night picks. This is a good game. Rams versus Seahawks. We talked about it when you were doing your breakdown for starts and sits. But who do you think is going to win this game? Uh, Seahawks. And I think that the the exhaustion of uh, the the high snaps. The, sorry, I was leaning away from the microphone. Seahawks, given the exhaustion that the Rams are going to be experiencing from the the long game, the quick turnaround, I think is going to play a huge, huge uh, role in this game. So I'm going with the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I second that notion. I think this is going to be a good game, though. I don't think that this is going to be a game where we're – I don't think it's going to be, A, a defensive battle. I think this is going to be a into the high 20s, maybe early low 30s uh, for scores. I think the Seahawks are going to obviously be the better team and maybe won't always be in, ever be in question. But I think this is – I think Jared Goff in this offense is going to get back on track this week. Uh, I think Sean McVay is going to have something cooked up for the short week. Uh, just to kind of try something new and see what clicks. But I agree. I think the Hawks win this at home. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Fake Team Podcast channel. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Enjoy. Have a good week five. And until then, peace.